If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. My hair is really short. Yeah. I just feel like I can fight better. Yeah. I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a warrior. Science. When I used to shave my, I used to shave my head when I was, when I compete in jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. You just feel like, 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 you know what it is? It's like, we can fight and then I'll be done and my hair won't be messed up at all. It. You're not going to be able to grab on the shit. Yeah. It just, it just feels slick and move quick and there is something about shaved heads that makes you feel tough. Oh yeah. Bro. Shaved head with a goatee. <sighs> no, no, no. Shaved Always head. Shaved, shaved head, head, head with a beard. Football. Yeah. <laughs> Grow a beard Always and shave beard. your head. <laughs> It is. It's it's pretty testosterone esque. It hey, just feels good. So one of our uh, one of our forum members and listeners was uh, asking about, and it just totally reminded me of a story. Asking about uh, what what you what will you do with somebody uh, as far as members who leave their weights all over the floor and stuff. Mm. I remember mm. we used to have this issue. Put it in their uh, car. I fucking hate that. By the way, I hate that. So check this out. <laughs> this is this is the old. You probably can't do this in your gym, but this is what we did. When I worked at Capital McKee, so this is back in early 2000s, uh, the, I mean, this is one of the most traffic gyms they have. And so it's just super busy, prime time, which, you know, your 5 p.m. hour on, it's just madhouse. Literally, you would go in there, not one dumbbell would be on the rack. It'd be just a disaster. And I remember us trainers, and at that time I was managing, uh, were trying to, like, clean up the room and try and keep it, you know, and you'd be constantly telling members, and just like, this battle forever. And I said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Fuck it. Going forward. This, the next time it gets messy... We get that yellow caution tape and over the loudspeaker, we made everybody exit out of the free weight room and we caution taped it out and we made them stand outside the car tape while they watched us re-rack all the weights. Beautiful. Oh, dude. People would <laughs> That's be, beautiful. People would be oh, so pissed. pissed while we're doing it. We're like, you know what? We got to keep it clean. This is what we're, and we're going to continue to do this until you guys yeah. can. Oh, bro. It was That's actually. alarm. It was brilliant though, because then people started managing themselves. You know, you started seeing other members calling, hey, re-rack your weights. Or the, to, or the caution tape. Yeah, or the oh, caution. Smart, man. Right, yeah. right. I I, well, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when I go to a gym and I see this is where the 45s go, but the 20s are here and the 5s are over there and the 7s are... I, uh, I want to strangle people. I, I like, would make announcements. I would make announcements over the loudspeaker. You know, attention members and guests, if you're strong enough to lift the dumbbell, you're strong enough to put it back. Don't be a pussy. I would say shit like that. On <laughs> <laughs> because, or like, yeah, like this family gym I'm at, so they have like... All the 45s are, are valuable commodities for me, you know, like yeah. going in there. I'm like, there's a limited supply. <laughs> and uh, I I look over and it's like on all these like calf machines and like, <laughs> you know, somebody put it on this like crunching bench. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? There's like no 45s on the squat rack. There's one squat rack. <laughs> I'm like, these should never leave this zone right here. <laughs> this is the only place it should exist. Yeah. The, if you're using all the 45s, it better be for a legit exercise. Right. If I see someone use all the 45s oh, for, for a like, fucking leg press, thank you. Yes. Get the f- get out of my Go face. Go home. Take two of those. Yeah. Take here's here's what you do. If you put all, if you're one of those guys that's and you're listening right yeah. now, you're only a, allowed to use tens. I have a special <laughs> from the entire gym. I have a special, just tens. I have a special message to you if you're listening right now and you use a shit ton of 45s in your leg press. This is what you do, okay? You got 10 45s? Just take four of them. Go put two 45s on each side of a barbell and do some full full barbell squats. Yeah, I challenge and let's, you. Yeah, I challenge you to do some like 10 reps of good form yeah. with that. Yeah, if right. you could do that, then go back to your, then you're cool. Go back to your dead, your, your, your leg press and use all the 45s right. for your stupid. You can yeah. feel proud. <laughs> Especially that yourself. leg press that's on the hinge. 
Yeah. Which one is that? What brand is that? Cytex? Oh, oh yeah, that does the. That's like a like almost like it's like a hammer strength meets hammer strength meets uh, uh, leg press. Yeah, it's not even on a sled. It's yeah. like on a on a pivot. I don't even yeah. know that. And one. people are so proud of look at all the you know look at my three <laughs> inches of range of motion with all my forty fives. My my legs are twenty inches now. They're huge. Yeah, awesome work. It's yeah. been a while since we've talked about gym etiquette. That's actually what this person was mentioning. Oh, they were just yeah. talking about overall gym etiquette and the things that you see and you catch people doing inside the gym. It's it's the worst is people that leave their sweaty sweat all over the machine. I, I hate that. That's worse. I don't know. The I get more irritated. That's by gross, the, dude. The weights. Well, if, if the person's excessively sweating, especially you know they have that like greasy sweat. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, like, why'd so, you look at me when you said that? <laughs> I, just, I was just talking to you. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't. I wasn't inferring you. I don't mind sweat as much. I mean, because the sweat, I feel like I can walk over to the towel. Because uh, at least at our gym, we have dis, you know towel dispensers, and I could I could wipe. Even though I don't want to clean your sweat up, I would rather clean your sweat up with a swift, lightweight towel, real quick, than go pick up your seventy-five pound dumbbells that you left yeah. across the gym. That irritates me. It irritates me more that people, especially when you're there to exercise, you're there to exercise, you're there to burn calories, you're there to yeah. burn fat, and you're too lazy to put the weight. Too to put tired the, to put away yeah. my toys. It's almost as bad as the people that drive around the yeah. gym parking lot for fifteen minutes to try and find a parking spot that's. Well, closer. I have a theory. It's it's the same person that uh, their parents never taught them how to put away their toys. Is that you think That's so? That's the person. You think so? Yeah, they go to the gym and they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did my thing and I'm, I'm so glad I was here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, when I'm done with dumbbells, I this. look on the rack to see the proper place to put the dumbbells. Yeah, they're numbered. They're numbered. I always find that so funny. It's, it's like it's so annoying. It's to the, me. How did the 20s get on the 75s? One, they don't look like the 20s don't look like the 70s or the 65s. Right. So why did you put, you know, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something right now. And this convenient. is the truth. The people that use people all the weights on the hammer strength machines are the same people that don't even look like they work out or like they work out properly. Like mm-hmm. the guys that use it. I'm benching four plates on the incline hammer strength. Blah, blah, blah. And you look at him like, you look like shit, bro. Did yeah. we did yeah. we talk about the bands on the hammer strength yet? Did oh, we already mention that? Yeah. yeah. I, we, I think we brought it up. I brought it up. Oh, it's the newest trend right yeah. now. Are dude. you seeing have you seen it yet? Oh, in have person? I have I seen it? Yes, I've seen it, dude. It's ridiculous. That's why that's right. Last podcast I brought up that if I see it again, I'm gonna slap you with the rubber band. I was right, I do remember saying that. <laughs> it is it, you know, never fails, man. Some guru who's obviously selling bands comes out with something you yeah. write something that makes people think like wow and he looks really good or she looks really good and then everybody's fucking doing it have you i i even saw this uh and i think i tagged you guys somebody then this new band thing that like for glute kicks it's like a band. It goes to your waist. It's oh, a belt. it's like a belt. It's a band belt. Yeah. Booty belt. Yeah, it's a booty belt. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, something like that. Of course it's called that. It was. I think it was called a booty belt, and it was a belt, and then it has stra- or rubber bands that hang off of it, and then you can hook your feet into it, and then you can sit down, and you can do glute kicks. And I thought, this is... couldn't get dumber. And they're laughing all the way to the bank. You know what makes me... What's funny with fitness? All Almost every single time someone comes out with a new gimmick or new like new workout gimmick or here's a new band machine or whatever, it's been recycled from before. Because when I was a kid, do you know what infomercial was on all the time? A piece of exercise equipment? It was called a Solo Flex. Do you guys remember the Solo Flex? Yeah, I do remember. And the resistance that the Solo Flex used were these rubber band type things. Right. Um, how about the, the app Bowflex or the bow, Bowflex? Yeah. You know, it's just a form of resistance. That's, That's all it is. It. It's garbage. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about um, 
I've got a couple questions uh, on my Instagram page. Uh, you can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You might, might as well plug you guys too. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. <laughs> Dick. And you can find Justin at Mind Pump. If you Justin. want really good information, you come to mine, yeah. Mind Pump Sal. And yeah. I can- <laughs> so people have been asking me the difference between adaptation and recovery. Oh, okay. And I think this is a this is a, a an excellent subject because oh. I think people confuse the two all the time. Of course you do because we put so much emphasis on this when we designed our program. That's, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course you like this. This is the I think this is probably one of the God I would say top three, if not the number one uh, neglected or overlooked uh, factors when it comes to designing a program. I, I don't know how many programs I've looked at where they don't even take this into consideration when it's been designed. So no. Recovery, uh, before we go into you know how you train for one or versus the other, recovery is your body just healing from damage. Yeah. Okay? So remember that. You, you, can, you can heal from damage, but then not improve upon your previous condition um, and adapt. Right. So those, those can be two different things. Now, does recovery or does the damage process contribute to adaptation? It does. It sure, absolutely does. Just carry over from both. It does. But can you get stuck in what I call the uh, you know the breakdown recovery trap? Yes. And most people who work out in gyms mm-hmm. are stuck in this, where they work out, they create damage, they get sore, they rest a week or whatever, go back to the gym, no longer sore, they have recovered, but there's been no adaptation, no further adaptation. So they've gained, they've made no gains, and all they ever do when they go to the gym is break muscle down, recover. Break muscle down, recover. Break muscle down, recover. And there's no, there's little to no adaptation. And it's important to understand the difference between the two because then you can pay attention and you can really determine if your programming is effective or not. Yeah. Uh, because number one, uh, damage is not necessary for adaptation. And number two, uh, you can make the priority of your body recovery over adaptation, in which, in, in which point it doesn't really care about adapting anymore. It just wants to recover from the damage. Right. So uh, I'll give you an example of adaptation without damage. Um, they've done studies in the past where they've taken groups of people. One group works out intensely and another group works out intensely but takes anabolic steroids. And then a third group takes anabolic steroids but doesn't do any exercise. So there's no damage whatsoever. All they're doing is taking anabolic steroids. The anabolic steroid group always builds muscle and in some, in many cases builds more muscle than the natural group that lifts weights. And uh, they experience no damage. There is no recovery with those individuals. But they are adapting to a new signal. Hmm. And in that case, the signal happens to be the chemical signal of exogenous hormones, or, you know, testosterone. So uh, uh, this is one of the... Uh, we the understanding of this is one of the one of the main components that goes into a lot of our program when we design our programs, mm-hmm. and it's how do we send a signal to adapt uh, while circumventing the whole damage and recovery aspect because you're limited, right? You can only damage and recover so well. Um, I can't just keep damaging a muscle and expecting it to adapt because eventually right. my body's just going to want to recover. Well, from and it. I think the problem for a lot of people is that uh, you know. They, they look back at, we always kind of bring up like what they think, you know, they used to be like their, their level of fitness used to be this when they were younger. And, uh, yeah, like you used to be able to recover and adapt, you know, a lot quicker and like your body had that signal that was alive. And, uh, over the years, you know, that signal will damper if that, you know, depending on like what you've been doing, right. If you haven't been moving, if you haven't been training, uh, and then to, to think that 
you know, the old go-to then is to just ramp it back up to that level that you were able to achieve that again, when in fact, uh, your body's going to experience that damage without the recovery like you you might have experienced when you were younger. So, uh, you know, hormones and all these things that Sal's bringing up, it, it, it you know, it plays a factor, but we've actually, you know, thought long and hard about this as far as like, you know, how do you do this now at, you know, I mean, you can apply this when you're young too, but how can you do this now more effectively uh, to where you're not just going to like uh, beat your body up, try, you know, try to adapt but you're really just recovering how do we like bypass that and how do we get to just adapt each time and and progress our body well this is uh, this brings me back to you know the topic where we talked a little bit about progressive overload Mm -hmm. you know that's something that you that's the whole importance of this is understanding that adaptation recovery process and how they are different systems you know you think when you uh you you let's take somebody to like that an adaption versus uh recovery you know, you've used, I think Sal's used the, you know, your skin getting uh, tan or you uh, getting used to, like, maybe you all of a sudden start waking up now at four o'clock in the morning every single day. And sooner or later, the body adapts to this new time or you moved from uh, different climates and now you're living somewhere that is extremely hot. And the very first time you were there, it's, oh my God, it's unbearable. Then before long, your body starts to adapt to the new temperatures and environment. So our body has all kinds of different processes of adaptation that is it's always going through where there's no you know, banging up or beating the muscle or where it's having to recover and, and it, it adapts. And so you want that still to happen, but they do work synergistically for sure. And there is, there is a process to that that I think is overlooked with a lot of programs where they don't take into consideration that, you know, all they are doing is beating up, beating up, beating up, which is also why I think so many programs are so focused. And you know, I, this is what I want to do, Doug, write this down. I want to, the next time we're doing some sort of a you know promotion or program or trying to sell our stuff, I want to take an opposite approach. You know how all these programs are always like, get ripped in thirty days or this that. I want to say I want to promote, get in the best shape of your life, and that over the next two years. I want to <laughs> I want to do something that's Just like one hundred percent real. Yeah, I want to I, because. Really, that, super honest. Yes. Yeah, no, I think it would be a great. Nobody one. will tell you, but we will. Yes, right. This is going to take a lot fucking longer than any other program. <laughs> They're all doing it wrong, and so are you. Yeah, no, I just feel like uh, that the the money though is in quick, fast, right away, yeah. and you know when you when you beat the shit out of a body going through the uh, program, which you know we just had somebody long, on the, hard, and unsexy. We had somebody on our forum just recently. She just joined. Uh, she's a competitor. She was already. Do you remember this this uh, this post? I believe Lisa, I think was the name, and okay. she was a competitor. Uh, great shape already. Really, really good shape. And she was being trained by somebody else. They were doing all this. She was some days doing double days and doing this. And she was asking us what program we thought was best. Was it black or red or where she should be? She wanted to get black. And I, you know, I said honestly, if unless you're getting on stage in the next couple of weeks, sounds like what you've been doing, you would be best actually you know, doing red and taking back on the volume a little bit. Sounds like you've been overdoing it on volume and, you know, probably stepping back some days, although that's probably going to be difficult for someone like you. But if you're looking for long-term benefits and and being able to sustain the the physique uh, that you want, it's, it's the better process. But it's really hard to get people to understand this because everybody wants something so fast. Yeah. But they don't realize that, you want you want you you we want to push the bodies in 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 both scenarios right the, and we've said this before the goal is to do as as little as possible to elicit change 
you want to leave room for more to do later and more to do later so you can continually use that. And that's the progressive overload mentality is I'm doing just a little bit more to cause a little bit more damage and force my body to adapt a little bit more. And then when it gets adapted to that, then I move forward. Well, people forget this. Then you pull back too. Yes. People yeah. forget this fact. Damage is not good. <laughs> Okay, it's damage, whether it be uh, a sunburn from the sun or whether it be a workout in the gym. The, the, the damage itself is actually not good at all. The, what, what's good is the adaptation that comes from mm-hmm. that signal of damage. Now, if I overdo the damage, I overcome the ability to adapt. And all I'm doing now is hurting myself. If I take somebody and I just beat the crap out of them in the gym day in and day out, they are going to have detrimental effects both on their fitness on their fat loss on their muscle gain and they'll have detrimental health effects long term i have seen this many 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 times i've had people come to me who have been with shitty coaches or who've been competitors and they've got metabolic damage their their hormones are fucking off uh their you could their everything is off their health has now taken a massive hit because the damage damage is not good it's a tool Mm-hmm. Use it appropriately. And so when Adam says, do the least amount of damage necessary to elicit change, he's not saying it from a perspective of laziness. See, sometimes right. people hear that and they think, oh, it's because you don't want to do more work because it's a waste of time. You don't want to be lazy. Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to do more because you're just creating damage and you're not getting anything for it. You're just you're just throwing more fucking damage mm-hmm. at your body. You want to do the least amount to elicit change because you've already hit that switch. Yeah. That signal is already there for your body to adapt. And what ends up happening is more damage doesn't make that signal any louder. All it does is create more of the negative byproducts of that damage. All it does is damage you more. And that's that's what we mean. So uh, to use the, the, the skin tan uh, uh, you know, example, if, if you took somebody who lived in a basement for five years and got zero sunlight and was very, very pale... I could put them out in the sun for a grand total of five minutes, and that alone would elicit some change in their skin. Now, would they get a tan faster if I put them out in the sun for 30 minutes? No. They wouldn't, not only would they not get a tan any faster, they would burn and it would cause too much damage on their skin. And if I did that every single day, they would get really bad blisters uh, and stuff. They'd get a horrible effects. Yeah. But if I took that five minutes and then I applied it again maybe the following day or waited a day and then I did it the, the day after, and then little by little, all we did was enough to get the skin darker and darker. And over time, they would need more exposure or more intense exposure, the progressive overload that Adam was talking about. Now that person has got a golden brown, healthy adaptation uh, tan versus the skin cancer blisters and horrible shit that the other person may have gotten. Let me. I'm going to break it down for you. Here's here's the bottom line. Uh, or you could be milky white. You're just fine. You just have to be healthy. There's some sexiness to that, you too. Know what I mean? But uh, let me be totally crystal clear here. Uh, like crystal clear, Justin's crystal any, clear. Yeah, like transparent any, ghost. <laughs> any idiot, Ashen. any idiot can de- design a program that will cause damage. Uh, you, actually, you don't need program design to do that. No. Pick an exercise per body part. Go in the gym and just go nuts. Do it till you can't do it anymore. Just go nuts with it. Right. And here's what's going to happen with you with your results. You're going to get shit results. Yeah. You're going to feel sick. You're going to probably injure yourself. And if you stay hard headed enough and you continue that path, you will create metabolic damage and you will start to regress. Your body will start to not adapt. Not only will it not adapt, but it will 
pull resources from every other part of your body and mm-hmm. to recover to the point where you can't think straight, you can't think, you can't sleep. Uh, your cravings are completely geared around recovery. You're eating shitty now, um, and you feel horrible. Well, now, it feels so against the grain. Like like when you're talking about people that they don't, they think of it like you're not putting up enough work. You know, like you're being lazy if you're if you're thinking about uh, training this way. And all I can think of is that uh, people people don't want to change. People don't want to evolve to new information. To uh, you know, they they don't want to like quickly get into this this uh, mentality because um, you know maybe it had worked in the past or like hard work has been driven so hard into everybody's head that um, you know it, they're they're like holding on to that you know it's like this is like the the thing that they're so most proud of yeah and uh, uh, you know like not allowing themselves because of ego really I mean that's the ego coming in to really block you from understanding your body at its fullest capacity like there's a better way to do it I'm gonna drill it in your fucking head you know I hate I really dislike the whole hard work means grueling uh, labor and if you don't do that or you avoid that that makes you lazy that's stupid yeah Uh, that uh, to be honest with you the people that refuse to learn how to do something properly and just go to the gym and beat themselves up. They're the lazy ones. They're lazy in the sense that they refuse to go outside of the comfort zone and learn how to do something properly. Look, if I, if, if, we're, if we were all, uh, we all had a job and we had to dig a 10 foot hole uh, in a sand pit and we were all giving, given, you know, tablespoons to do it with and there's a shovel in the corner and I go over and I grab the big ass shovel and I start digging a hole. Are you going to call me lazy? <laughs> or or are you going to call yourself stupid for not doing what I just did? You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. the big difference. This is <laughs> yeah, this I like is, that. Uh, when it comes to exercise, you you know you see these celebrities, these fitness celebrities. You look on Instagram and you see these ridiculous, insane workouts. Sometimes I'll post one that may, may, maybe looks kind of crazy, or Adam or even Justin will do so. D- is it commendable? Yes, but we're at a level now where it takes that to elicit more change in our body. And it took a long right. time to get there. It, it, is it, does it mean that we're better than the next guy who's a beginner who uh, needs to do something far less um, in order to get his body to change? No, it just means we've been at it longer. Yeah. And eventually that beginner will get to that point as well where they may need more exposure, more frequency, more intensity to get their body to change. I've just achieved, I've just gotten to that level where to get my body to improve any further, I got to get really creative with my workouts, and I got to be able to manipulate intensity. And by the way, I've been working out for you know over twenty years consistently, and I don't over I don't abuse intensity. I got to be smart with it too, because my body will get stuck in that yeah. that recovery, you know, that breakdown recovery trap as well. You know, uh, the original Maps program, uh, Maps Red or Maps Anabolic, we incorporated in that program. Uh, something called a trigger session, and then subsequent maps programs like Maps Performance and Maps Aesthetic uh, use the variation of a trigger session specific mm-hmm. to those uh, those routines. But the trigger session concept itself was based on adaptation, um, separate from uh, damage and recovery. Uh, and I I had understood at that point that you can send a signal without compromising your, your the, the recovery, without creating much more damage. And that's what a trigger session is. And so in a nutshell, you have your heavy, hard, damage-inducing workouts, which you've got to, you've got to do with resistance training because they're very effective, but you're limited, right? Your body can only adapt, excuse me, can only recover so much. So I can't do a heavy-ass, super-intense 
super frequent workouts all the time. Otherwise, I'm like I said, we're gonna you're gonna get in that recovery that, that breakdown recovery trap. So on the days in between, I incorporated what are called trigger sessions. And a trigger session, in a nutshell, is a very low intensity, you know, movement where I'm going through full range of motion. I'm aiming for a small muscle pump. I'm using bands instead of weights, typically because bands create less damage. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing them very frequently, three times during the day. And what I'm doing there is I'm sending an adaptation signal that's small, but is cumulative. Over time, it adds up, and it doesn't compromise the, my body's ability to recover from my heavy, hard workout that I may have done the day before. The result of incorporating trigger sessions into an effective workout has been mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, we're the, it's been around long enough now. MAPS, MAPS Anabolic's been around long enough. We've had hundreds of people write to us yeah. and they're blown away at the effectiveness and this is this is part of the programming that goes into our yeah, you could ima- i mean just that alone i think it it just has so much significance and it's it's so unique uh in terms of other programs that are out there i think that um that was the most impactful thing that i experienced while you know i, I go i went through like maps anabolic program when i was you know going through the transformation process, all this kind of stuff was just the energy that you're able to promote going into your next foundational, your, your heavier lifting type days where, you know, if you, the, the old mentality is man, like doing these compound lifts, like it, it would just beat you up. And you really like, that's why I always voiced some people would, would go next day just as hard and they would back to back, you know, workouts like with that intensity. And, you know, way back in the day, I knew how important recovery was at least, but, you know, even back then I can realize now how much of a trap I was in, uh, you know, going up to that intensity, having to rest, recover like super hard and then going right back up to that crazy intensity. Whereas these trigger sessions, it's, it's a completely different mentality and it's, it's been nothing but beneficial. And in my progress has not hit any sort of plateau. Well, I'm really, I'm so glad that, uh, you brought this up, Sal, because, you know what we have to we need to realize this too. So this is important. Um God, what do we what do we at, Doug? Like two hundred and eighty or what are we up with episodes now? We're up there high, right? Yeah. Two hundred close to that, something like that. And uh, you know, originally when we first started and we we're going through and we we're releasing programs and we're only like a hundred episodes deep or whatever, you know, we were organically growing and we had, you know, a small community of people that we felt like we could probably touch with. Now it's grown so out of control that there's you know, hundreds of people that are buying the program and running the program that we don't even know or, or have made contact with or realize that these are people that are just connected to the people that have already been through the programs and have ranted and raved so much and said, you got to go get this maps. You got to do this. And then they just, they just obviously listen to their friends. They buy it, but then they haven't listened to episodes. Mm-hmm. And then I hear them like they email me or inbox me. And they're just like, you know, I feel like there's uh, not enough working out. I feel like this program is really basic. And I'm just, and at first I get a little offended and then I realize, Oh shit, these are people that, they have not listened yeah. to episodes. No, they've they've, right. they've been sold on the old the you know the the body part split. They've been sold on the old concept of just beat the crap out of a muscle, let it rest for a week mm-hmm. for so long that what they look at different type of programming that takes these things into account to them it's like uh, well this is too different like this yeah. is not going to work how's you, this going to work and if you're a, if you're a, a mind pump or a pump head like we would say or you know OG and you've been since the beginning you know better you would never bring that up because you've heard enough episodes of us yeah. explain yeah. all this we indeed. have been drilling that yeah for a long heads. time right yeah. so, but that's why it's important I think that we revisit some of these topics because you know not everybody can get in on, get on our podcast if they just got on last week for the first time and listened to 270 episodes in a couple <laughs> so man yeah. there's some really uh 
key points that we probably, and this is definitely one of them, you know, Sal, you brought up one time, I thought was one of the uh, really, really good analogies that you've given about uh, when we talked about adaptation and recovery and understanding that's how it works. And the brain is very similar in how, you know, you would not go learn a subject and cram all like a, a language, a new language. I'm going to go learn Italian next week. I wouldn't cram all that I could possibly learn in that week in Italian thinking that I'm going to be, I would, you would, you would learn, you would sit back a little bit, you would retain that, you would practice it. Then you go back, you know what I'm saying? The process is. I keep thinking of that Family Guy episode you showed me. So, no, you're, I just learned it. You're absolutely correct. The, all of the systems of adaptation in the body. Uh, do very well with frequency, uh, with frequency of exposure. And uh, intensity is part of it, right? You, if you were, if you lived in Italy and you were immersed in Italian, you'd learn very quickly over time, but you're constantly kind of, it's that frequency of exposure. But you'd learn even faster if while you were in Italy, you took, you know, two classes a week too, right? Yeah. But if you just took, you know, one 15 hour class, uh, you would, you would, you would retain very, very little yeah. in terms of, you know, what you're supposed to learn. Well, there's studies on that already. There's already studies on how much, like when we watch a video, how much the brain actually absorbs of that. And we, we know already it's not a hundred percent. It's not even close to that. No. It's a, it's a yeah. fraction. And this it. is why our, our programs are, you know, we utilize frequency in a way that I've never seen any other program uh, utilize. The closest I've ever seen to really understand frequency of stimulation are the strength-based uh, you know, powerlifting right. and weightlifting type programs. And here's the thing now with, uh, and this is why I learned so much from powerlifters and Olympic lifters. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Olympic lifters and powerlifters, especially Olympic lifters, they Olympic lifters have competed on the Olympic stage for a long time. It's ex it's existed in countries that were communist that would spend lots of money on the best science mm -hmm. to research what the best effects were. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a big international sport, and there's a lot of science behind it. Mm -hmm. Whereas bodybuilding has never achieved that level of you know effectiveness. It's never had. It's never been on a inter international stage in that particular way. Mm. It's not going to. It wasn't in the Olympics. It probably never will be. And so well, this, I think, I, they never really applied the science yeah. in the same way. And you look at Olympic lifters, and they understand frequency. Yeah, they understand how it works. I was just going to say on the bodybuilding side, like I'm sure, like at the level of their knowledge of like hormone and artificial. That's where they know their shit. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's where they've really experimented and, and uh, uh, you know, used science to progress their body into a way where it's so big now. It, it just, it, it's so unnatural and, and looks so unachievable now that I think that they're getting backlash because, you know, they're, they're trying to bring it back down to scale to uh, somewhat of what the human body could naturally uh, sort, oh, of, sort of achieve. Well, so, well, here's 100%. the deal. Here's the deal with bodybuilding. Genes. Uh, influence how you look way just such a tremendous level and then the drugs that you take and so this is where all of their this is where all the time has been spent mm -hmm. uh you, get, you look a certain way because you're on a stage and then the type of drugs that you take and then the workouts themselves are like big deal break down muscle let it let it rebuild right with olympic lifting genes do play a role yes but it's also how much you lift and, and really training and technique, technique. are massive they in do. that and so the science that goes behind like if you look in olympic you know lifting program it's broken down scientifically powerlifting programs broken down scientifically you know fitness programs not mm -hmm. so much it's like yo chest you're here throw four exercises there do a body part split do this that when we designed the maps programs we tried to apply we we approached it 
with the programming mentality that you see some of these, and not because the goal was Olympic lifting. The goal is obviously whether it be aesthetics or performance or overall, you know, muscle growth. We went in with that type of mentality, and we yeah. understand frequency of stimulation, and this is why we tend to favor you know, full body type routines where you're working the full body relatively intensely uh, intensely at least a few days a week versus hitting a body part once a week. And the science actually now supports us. We know now you hit your chest really hard. That muscle building signal lasts about 72 hours. Now, it could take you longer than 72 hours to recover, but the building signal lasts about 72 hours. Now, doesn't it make sense to hit your chest again mm-hmm. before that signal starts to dampen? And, and in a way that won't cause too much more damage right because you because again you're limited by your ability to recover and this is where this is why even the most basic full body routine monday wednesday you know friday full body routine for the vast majority of you guys listening guys and girls listening right now i would put money that about 80 percent of you i was gonna say vast majority i mean like 80 90 percent yeah 80 percent of you at least will do will build more muscle more strength and burn more body fat Working your full body three days a week than you will on a five day or six day body part split. Well, and I, I'll put my money. I'll put my money down on that. Yeah. Up, you know, up, down, left, right, no problem. I think. I think too. Another thing people experience right away that you're mentioning a bit about the Olympic lifting side and and you know that power lifting and and those kind of programming. Um, one thing like you know Pavel's like five by five and like you know getting your reps only to be like between like five you know two to five reps something like that a lot of people you know especially in our demographic here in our show like uh have probably never been exposed to that and like what that feels like on the body and um you know doing that properly with applied rest and uh also you know the other concept i think that's really impactful uh, is the stopping two reps short, you know, oh, not going to failure. failure. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's another point I, I wanted to, you know, bring up. It's, it's, it's like every one of these little nuggets though. Like that's something that like, uh, you, you immediately apply, you immediately see, uh, that that's going to help your body to get into that adaptation process, that mode. So we're not completely going to kill. Kill is failure. Well, let's be completely honest with our audience too. We we knew damn well that when we talk about that and when we implemented that in phase one, that we knew that that would show people. We knew that would be a dramatic change for a lot of people, and it would show people major change. I mean, because yeah, they, most people don't train, most like that. people don't do that. No. So, you know, when that's why I think so many of our fans love phase one, too, because they, it's like the first time they've been introduced to a lot of these compound movements and lifting this lower reps, because most everybody in the world is always about burning fat or losing weight or getting skinnier or looking yeah. a certain way. Nobody talks They're about doing 50 booty bands. Yeah, exa- uh, right. Case. Exactly. So then all of a sudden they do they do three to five squats and it's like holy shit and the body responds yeah. and change and then also that we put a lot of most people if those that were training super hard already they were probably overdoing it and always going to failure so then when we introduce that we know those two those two processes are such big game changers that is the opposite of almost every program yeah. it's interesting no i don't know any performance sport that tr- teaches their athletes to train to failure like any mm-hmm. performance-based sport. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, powerlifters... Uh, I do. 
Who? CrossFit. Oh, oh shit. What? Yeah. I, you know what's you know what <laughs> oh, though? It's a sport. No, can oh, I t- oh. can I tell you something? Uh, uh, CrossFit cute. competitors, I can tell you this right now, do not regularly train before competition to beat the, to like till failure to fuck themselves up. I guarantee you they don't. They wouldn't make it to the actual not, games. Not all of them. There's there's a lot of them that actually that are, are smart and they run programs different than what they, they yeah. teach yeah. and do yeah. stuff like that. But you know, the, the That's why there's something to be said about the competitors, not your average like, you know, CrossFit guy. Just like you brought up in the just like you brought up with the bodybuilding, the same thing goes for like your cross people see those athletes like the Rich Froning. I was just watching a video on him the other day. Guys are just a phenom. People do not realize that those guys are such genetic freaks that if you put him, you put that same guy on a bodybuilding routine and trained him, didn't even do any crossfit whatsoever, he would look fucking like a freak because yeah. they're just they're freaks, they're genetic freaks, and there's the and most of our professional athletes or the elite of elite are. Yeah. Not to take anything away. They also train it's hard. They all, genetics, yeah. It is. And and when people, they look up to these people and they think, that, and then when these people are giving advice, it's like they're giving, which is also why, um, you know, you talked or we've talked earlier about uh, you know looking at each other as uh, great sources of information. I know that the, the gentlemen in this, that are sitting in this room with me are fucking average guys, just like me. We're not a bunch of fucking How super genetic. you? I know. As much as I would love, you know, we are not a bunch of super genetic freaks. Even Justin and I played sports, but I was, I was, yeah. I was never this. Picked up the ball and I was better than. Dude, everybody. I'm not in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it shows. Right, and I and I worked my ass off just to hang, just to start on a team. I never played that. football, but I think if I played, I probably would have gone at least. Uh, D one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, huh? No, not at all. So you know, we we are not those guys, and we have our we have buddies of ours, right? We have buddies of ours that um, you know influence a lot of people on social media and write programs and do stuff like that that are that fall in that category of genetic freaks. And sometimes I don't think they realize how how special and unique they are, and compared to. Uh, everybody else that's paying attention and listening to, because I think if they did, they wouldn't. They wouldn't think that they could get away with the same amount of stuff because they can't, unless you are somebody who was just built to be able to take that kind of volume and to be well, able. You to see eat. it too in kids. Like it's funny because my son's playing soccer, and um, there's just always that one kid that's the same age, you know, everything, but he maybe he might be a little bit taller or you know a little bit more built but like you know the muscle genes already there you know they're just running for the ball their skills are naturally so superior oh, it's dude. like they're he's like running circles around the entire and he's the same age he's running around everybody you know, doing laps and then he scores well, and we're just like we don't have an answer to this right and you <laughs> it, it, you, know I mean? you son Let's 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 hit the gator. Right? Yeah, right. You've seen uh, you've seen videos of Tiger Woods when he was like three years old swing a golf club. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't. I've taken golf lessons. I've done golf. I can't swing a club like that. What he was throwing at three years old. Yeah. You know, like so they some people just have got. There was one kid. My my daughter just started playing soccer, like water. and she's yeah. six. Okay, so these are six years old. They're six year olds. You ever watch six year olds play soccer? Yeah, it's man. adorable. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's this little boy. And he's this little kid, and he gets the soccer ball. And every time he gets the ball, he, he makes a goal. The kid is, like, passing the ball around himself, just going around all these different kids. Hits a goal, runs away from the goal, takes his shirt off, twirls it over his head, does the cross, and kisses up, blows up, <laughs> kiss up to the sky. And I'm like, this guy, this kid he's watches. He's ready. He watches yeah. Telemundo every day yeah. and watches freaking soccer games. Yeah. And he's obviously. He's, he's waiting for goal. He's obviously bred to play freaking soccer. You watch that kind of shit. They get excited. No, I think, uh, you know, I'll say this. Look, um, most of our experience is based on training people. 
Right. It's based on training other people. And when I first became a trainer, yeah. and Adam said we're average, and we are average, but we have a lot of experience training ourselves. I would constantly, up until not that long ago, I've been a trainer for a long, I've been a trainer for 19 years. And for a lot of that time, I would train people based on how I responded to exercise and how I felt during exercise. And I know if I went back, I overdid it. And I would train people not the most efficient way. Now I'm much better. And if the average trainer saw me now training people, I can guarantee you this, especially when I get my 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 you know six fifty something, sixty year old, seventy year old people, they would probably be like, Oh, you barely work them. Or, you know, wow, they're resting a lot in between sets. And but they don't, you know, if you watch me longer, you'll see that, oh, but she used to uh, have to use a walker. She doesn't have to use a walk anymore. But that guy now can do a full body weight squat mm-hmm. and he couldn't do a full body weight squat before. We understand uh, how the body responds and how most people respond. And most people listening right now, the vast majority of you will A do better on a full body, you know, three day week routine than when on a body will on a body part split. Will B do better if you stop two reps short of failure versus going to failure. C will do far better if you focus on your big barbell compound movements versus going on machines. And D and, and D will do better with more frequent exercise for each body part. Why'd you than use with, the alphabet with, right there? I don't know. Why did you use the alphabet? A B C D. Yeah, why wouldn't you just go one, two, or three? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mm. Nonetheless, uh, <laughs> that was weird. I was just well, watching him count his fingers, and he's going A, A B, C. I was waiting for him to do this, like draw it in the air. Circle, and the last thing C. is frequency. Frequency of stimulation. He's drawing it on your back. Exactly. A lot yeah. of you will do better with frequency of stimulation, and this plus much, much, much more went into our designing of our programs and with each of them being very specific, right? Maps, anabolic, red, focused on overall strength, overall muscle gain. Uh, you know, we had mass performance, which is your your mobility, your 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 broad spectrum uh, performance, being able to move like an ancient athlete. And then maps aesthetic, which is much as close as we're ever going to get to training, uh, you know, bodybuilder, which is training you to help you look the way you want to look, bring up lagging body parts. And so, you know what I want to, can I put Doug on the spot right here? Sure. I feel he like, loves it when that happens. I know. Doug, I'm going to put you on the spot. Doug oh, okay, on the okay. spot. So here's the thing. Um, I, this is why this is such a crap. I'm so glad you brought this up, Sal. Um, I feel like I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have. I literally have gotten several emails, of, and it's taken up a lot of my time explaining all our program because a lot of people haven't listened to everything. And I'm like, holy shit, wow. People don't realize that just because Black just came out, that I still would recommend you go through red and go through green before you go to black and the importance of all of it. Yes, you can go black right now. Absolutely. And I've had to answer that to a lot of people that, yeah, you could totally do that. I'm not saying you can't, but if you, if you listen to what we talk about in this show mm-hmm. and you're looking for long-term, long-term, you want the best results, the most optimal, then the best process would be no matter what phase, you know, I don't care if you're experienced, if you've been lifting for 10 years, I still would recommend somebody go to red first, then go to green and then go to black because they all are specific adaptations that we're focusing on yeah. and they're all very important to learn. Whether you stay, maybe you're somebody who just goes through green and you're like me where green is not I'm not performance based guy I'm more of a look guy but I still will forever implement so many of the tools that that we have implemented inside of mobility and performance into my program and routine because I saw what a difference it made on how I feel and how I look and my posture and those things so what well, it's, I would, it's interesting cuz now we released green back in January I think 
And so now we're starting to get emails from people who've completed it. Mm-hmm. And what are we getting? Oh, like oh my god, I, I can overhead press fifty more pounds than my before. Hips feel so much better. I, I can know, I can squat squ- I can squat so much yeah. deeper. Uh, my deadlift is going up now, and it's like I told you. I because would, when you first go through yeah. it, you're like, shoulders oh wait, feel better. It's I, very different. That's the most different program out of all the three that we have. Yeah. It's the most different one. But now people are doing it, and they're coming out and going, oh shit, I see now. Why you guys? Yeah. Put, you I just so much. okay. So I just talked to one of our. This was yesterday. Talked to one of our trainers uh, that is that has gone through all the phases. Has gone through red. Has gone through green. I remember when she was going through green. She was texting me. She's like, Adam, I I feel like I'm losing my strength. I feel like I'm not as this, and I don't know. I don't feel like my muscles are as pumped up. And was kind of. I'm just. I was like, just trust the process. Trust me. I mm-hmm. felt the same thing when I went through it too. But I knew that that's not the adaptation we're focusing on. We're focusing on mobility, functionality. Where you're gonna see when you when you get out of that and you go either go back to red or you go into black if it's ready by then this is what i'm telling her so she's now gone through her first week of black and i get a text message and uh and she was like so pumped to tell me when i saw her yesterday and she's like you know what like i swear to god like i i really almost gave up on green while i was going through it because i just didn't i wasn't feeling as excited as i was going through red because i saw different stuff like that where Mm -hmm. green i was more focused on how i felt and yeah i felt better but i wanted to see more she goes but now being in the first week of black holy shit she goes pring everything already and and she's like i cannot believe how i feel right now and i'm like i told you i told you just well that's adaptation to go through the journey well that's adaptation that's what i mean that's what we're talking about like if you focus if you make your primary focus of your training adaptation and not damage you are going to go very very far if you make the primary focus of your workout damage you're going to be like most people in the gym and do get very little results mm-hmm. and eventually get burn discouraged, burn out, mm-hmm. and stop. Well, yeah. this is this is where I was putting Doug on the spot and I didn't get to it. But what I want to do, Doug, if we, you would do this, is post could, a naked picture of yourself. <laughs> no, Please do. Oh, I would like. To, I would like to put some sort of a. I would like to put some sort of a bundle program together that includes red, green, and black. That is, it's nine months of basically training you get nine months so you of, get nine months of programming yes nine months follow of follow one of, two three yes Perfect. follow each step all the way through maybe you include the forum because i think that's such a useful tool of coaching from all of us and other other I peers think, yeah that's essential S- some sort of a bundle like that that is uh encouraging them to get involved whether it be something super low up front or a deal something but i would love to do that and i think that's something that we should probably start talking more about because i feel like there's so many people that are just now joining us is yeah. that possible can we do that it is possible. And in fact, I'm going to say go to mindpumpmedia.com. It will be on there as this episode oh. airs. You know what's hilarious? That like, totally sounded like a commercial. <laughs> it did. Right? It, it did. It was just like it's totally random. Can but we, we have been thinking about that. Can we be super transparent? Right yeah. Now? yeah. Okay. Because uh, people listening right now are like, oh, they just did a commercial. Yeah. No. We literally that had did no, not do We have no fucking yeah. idea what, what's, what, what we're going to talk yeah. about ha- half the time. <laughs> it's just that Adam is naturally. He's a sales machine. He just naturally. Does that. <laughs> no. He is damn well, good. And I'm going to scramble to put this thing together <laughs> exactly, by the yeah, time this thing airs because you know what? <laughs> I want to make Adam happy. So, you know, uh, I really do. I'm winning him you over. You have God, won him over. I am winning him over, dude. First, it's over the uh, ice cream or what's that? <laughs> yeah, the stuff? Gelato. gelato. That was in a previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait for that well, one. Well, whatever. Fuck everybody! Uh, <laughs> don't forget you could you could leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes because Doug gives out free T shirts. He when gives you do. out free T shirts. I think you should tell people that too. You know, I've noticed that you just say that, and people are like, "Man, eh, I'll get around to it." But a lot of people don't know they get a free T shirt. We give out well, a lot of T shirts to people. We do. You know, I'm a people pleaser, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and so I give out a lot of T shirts for 
great reviews. And so every week we pick the best iTunes reviews and we send out t-shirts. Yeah, last so week you gave out that. five last week you gave out? I believe it was four or five last week, but mm-hmm. we've been consistently giving out about five a week. Beautiful. Um, and don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam and Justin at Mind Pump Justin. And like Doug said, mindpumpmedia.com is where you'll see the programs and the bundle, the super bundle, I guess. What are we going to call it? Super bundle? We have no idea what it's going to be priced. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be a good deal, though. <laughs> It'll be a good deal. And It'll be yeah, nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.